This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? You Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to this, the final Reds report of 2022-2023. This is the Rembley Review, as always, with Reds Report Ian. Good evening, Ian. Evening, chaps. And uh, Steve. <laughs> oh, thanks. Big intro again. Loving it, mate. Loving it. Build me up, why don't you? Yeah, here we go Steve, again. you all right, mate? Ah, sound, mate. Sound. And... I hope you've got that 18 disclaimer on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, with us, straight after being live on air for two hours on BBC Radio Sheffield, the man who, um, well, who was there yesterday, like many, many, many others uh, from BBC Radio Sheffield, Adam Oxley. Good evening, Adam. How are you? Good. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm all right, thank you. Tired, uh, emotionally drained, as, as I'm sure everybody is in in South Yorkshire. But yeah, what a what a few days we've all had. Yes, I mean, let's just let's just start the match. Um, first of all, uh, seventy-four and, and and a few thousand, and we're not going to talk about attendances and who brought who. Um, us three, I mean, you know, Steve, Ian, uh, myself, you know, we, we all work. We've 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 got families, and we, we we go and watch Barnsley, and it's a chance to catch up with mates. It's a chance to you know let yourself go a little bit and relax and everything else. I mean, Ian, you you travel, you set off really really early yesterday. From Bolton, you know, to be there and ready for the for the eight o'clock departures. Um, I'm going to say we all work. Steve plays golf. And um, before we start talking about the match itself, uh, Steve, you first. Oh, thanks. Yeah, go on. What? <laughs> I, you, you were there. You know, your son was there. Your daughter was there. Let's not talk about the match yet. What was the day like to, to, to have that day, that coach journey, the occasion to share it with? Hope, hopefully, two good friends. And your family. What, what was that like? Oh, one because... up to now, isn't it, mate? Let's be honest. Um, anyway, fab day. Really, really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, we saw people that we've not seen for a while. Uh, we met up with Sean Dooley, friend of the show. Um, it was just nice for people to get together. Um, you know, atmosphere were brilliant. It were really buzzing. Fans were amazing yesterday. Absolutely amazing from start to finish. 
and to spend that with, like you say, with family, with my one good friend and you, um, <laughs> it were really, uh, it were really nice. Not bad at all. Hey, Ian, for you, I mean, I know you you go through away games anyway, but you know, you've been proper adopted as a tyke, haven't you? I mean, you, you know, we keep saying like you're the wrong side of the Pennines, but. It, what was it like for you and your lads? Because he was special, wasn't it? You know, result aside, yeah. match aside, just so many Barnsley fans, the coaches on the motorway, you know, the walking down to the stadium. Just just surmise that for us. You're right. I, I mean, we, we tweeted today, I think. It, it's been about making memories, hasn't it? Uh, I've had some great sort of days out this season, dad and lad sort of day, ticking off new grounds and... Um, sort of culminated in yesterday, and it was. It was we got down there, I think we set off at six, got down to Barnsley, parked up, met you guys, and then we got down to where the uh coaches were parked up, and there were just people everywhere, weren't they? They were just red shirts everywhere, it was great, and then it, it carried on all day. Really good atmosphere on the coach. Um, and to be fair, it was it, we never saw any trouble, and it was great atmosphere with both sets of fans. and it was just a really, really good day. And we got down to Wembley and the sun was out. And just like my lad's first time at Wembley. And it was just, okay, you know, at the end, he was a bit welling up a little bit. But overall, he's, he's really enjoyed it. It was it was just a really good day. Like Steve said, we had a laugh. We met a load of people. Um, it really is. Um, I've met a lot of people from Barnsley over the years. And um, they, they seem to be, a, and I'll be honest, they seem to be a bit of a special breed in terms of really uh, opening the, their arms and letting us in and you guys as, as well, I, I include in that. And we just had a really good day. And yeah, we didn't, I didn't get home till about 20 past one this morning, but we, it was a great day and loved every minute of it. Well, apart from the 123rd minute. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam, I mean, any, you know, um, any playoff final at Wembley for the BBC is, is, is a huge occasion. How different and um, challenging was it that you were there for both sets of fans almost, weren't you? Because if we'd have played, you know, Peterborough or, or, or if, you know, if Wednesday would have played Bolton, your job is to catch the voice of that, you know, those sets of supporters. And, and how, how different was it for you? And how have you experienced those couple of days that you've had with your colleagues in uh, in the capital? Very different. I mean, the thing is, for the first time ever, we've gone to a playoff final guaranteed a winner and guaranteed a loser. Yeah. And that is a very strange mindset to go into a, a game with. You know, from the, the minute kind of Wednesday's form took a little bit of a tumble, um, we pegged this as a possibility. And as soon as obviously they both finished third and fourth, you just, I was just looking at things. There's only one thing happening here, and that's this game. And then, obviously, with what happened with Wednesday at Peterborough, you think it's gone, and then it. And so you got all this kind of build up to the day itself. Um, it was special for for me and all all of the guys at Radio Sheffield. But I mean, I I've been full time now for nearly five years. I've been with Radio Sheffield since two thousand and five. My first game covering Barnsley was away at Swansea in August two thousand and five. Um, I started covering Barnsley full time in two thousand and eight. And of course, I've, I've followed Wednesday, like with United and Rotherham and everyone else full time for the last five years, since 2018. So to go into this, you've got all that kind of backstory and everything else. And I've been to Wembley before. I've seen, I completed the set yesterday. I've now seen all six of our local professional signs at Wembley for Radio Sheffield. 
So this season, I've been down with Sheffield United. They lost to Man City in the FA Cup semi. I saw Chesterfield lose on penalties in the National League final. What an incredible day that was. And then to cap it all off, you get two of our teams yeah. going down for one game, knowing that we have to have a winner and a loser. We got down to the capital um, kind of late afternoon, early evening on Sunday, just as Leeds were getting relegated, which was a tremendous way for everything to start. There's always uh, a positive. Always positive, <laughs> my friend. Always positive. And then we got back this afternoon. So I was live on Wembley Way from 10 yesterday. And my, my abiding memory of all this is going to be just that um, 74,000 people from our part of the world, all down in the capital, like you guys have said, such good-natured, great camaraderie. Clearly, with the, when the game's going on, Wednesday you want Wednesday to win, Barnsley you want Barnsley to win. Everyone's, you know, incidents are flying out left, right and centre, and we'll talk about them in a bit. But it was a privilege, it was just a real privilege to be somebody that in years to come, I can go, I was there, I worked it, I was part of that, and to see it. And, yeah, it, it kind of, as an event and as an occasion, it lived up to what we hope for. Certainly yeah. so. Um, well, we might as well talk about the match, haven't we? Because, Steve, steady down now. I'm going to put a warning <laughs> up for the 18 language. Um, the national anthem, you know. <laughs> You're all <laughs> right, Adam. You're safe, mate. You're safe. We're, we're, we're singing the national anthem. The players are there. Uh, you know, it's, it's kick-off. It all felt a little bit surreal initially. And there's always those nerves of, oh, what we're going to do. I thought we, we we settled in quite nicely. Um, to be fair, just just let's take the first half first. What what were your thoughts in the first half going in half time? What 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 were your thoughts? It was uh, scrappy. I thought first half. Uh, it, you could definitely see that neither team wanted to lose it. So there were you know there was a little bit of uh, I don't know scared probably something like that. Um, there wasn't as much press. I press. It was as though both teams. It were like you know, old analogy: two boxers, uh, just weighing themselves up, throwing a couple of punches now and again, uh, practicing the footwork, that sort of thing. They were just sort of getting to know what were what were going off. Um, so first half, you know, it it weren't a case of oh, we were relieved to get to to half time at nil nil. No, were none of that. It were, well, it's nil-nil at half-time. Brilliant. You know, good performance. Uh, let's keep it going. And then referee goes and makes the balls of it. But we'll talk about second half in a minute. <laughs> um, Ian, I said to you at half-time, I think um, Duff will probably be happier with a nil-nil at half-time than maybe Darren Moore would because you can't help. If if you outsell two-to-one, you know, spectators get... It becomes squeaky bum time, doesn't it? You know, with about 45 minutes. There was no clear favourite in, in, in the first half, wasn't it? It was very much cancelling each other out and some misplaced passes. And was that nurse, do you think? Or was it like like Steve says, just treading carefully because you don't want to be that one that makes a mistake to let somebody else in and, and go one nil down? Yeah, I wouldn't say probably nerves. I think both teams settled quite quickly, but it was a scrappy first half. Um I'm sure in the back of everybody's mind, the stat that when we go 1-0 down, we very rarely win the game. But when we go one up, you know, we usually win the game. So I had that in the back of my mind. And I think it was just a, a, it was a totally different game to the one, the 4-2 at Oakwell, which was a real humdinger. Um, I felt Wednesday probably tried to avoid our press by going long. 
um, but didn't play it very well. I thought there was, I thought they looked, or we made them look quite average. There were times where they just put the ball out of play. Um, but we saw Norwood warming up, didn't we, at half time? And we all thought he's getting a nod. And we thought it'd be for Cole because he looked a little bit ineffective. And Norwood was brilliant in the semi final against Bolton coming off off the bench. Um, and I just thought it was going to open up. I thought if Norwood's coming up, this game's going to open up at some point. They're going to stop sparring with each other and start landing some hits. And I felt we looked the better team with 10 men. And um, I think. Who knows with the eleven we we could have won it, but um I certainly think we were shading it. Um but second half I think it opened up, it had to open up. Hmm. What well, what is the um the sort of strategy for commentating on the match like that, Adam? Is it like one takes the home team, one takes the away? Because normally if if you were commentating on like, like the Barnsley uh Bolton match, for instance, although you'll give information about two teams, it's very much weighed towards Barnsley, isn't it? And I'm not saying favoured it but you know what I mean you, you talk far more how, how was how, how was that done yesterday what what sort of put in place to make sure that nobody starts you know falling into football heaven that Sheffield Wednesday got mentioned three times more than Mansley did we 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 chewed this over quite a lot so I was kind of I was pitch side yesterday bringing a bit of a, a flavor to it but we we chewed over options like doing two separate commentaries at one point, we thought, well, can we do a Barnsley commentary and a Sheffield Wednesday commentary? But then you've kind of got us commentating against a side that we would normally commentating for. So we kind of, we, we binned that one off, but they, just to give people a kind of flavour of how we were like, yeah, we what we chewed over for this game. But you call it as it is. I mean, essentially, we got we got summarizer for each team. Uh, Andy and Rob kind of split it up, did half of each half each. Um, and the, the difficulty for us was clearly that in every moment, there was the agony and the ecstasy. And you're always going to kind of first go for the, the ecstasy bit because it's what it matters, but you've equally got to reflect the agony part of it. So we were we were very acutely aware of that. But at the end of the day, these are two of our local sides that we both, we're all pulling for. We spend a lot of time with, you know, speaking to the players, the managers, a lot of miles up and down, what have you. Our dream scenario this year would have been one gets automatic, the other goes up through the playoffs or both get automatic. So as soon as that, both teams had dipped out on that, you were kind of like, oh God, one of these is going to lose. And that's the you know, one winning's great, but you knew one of them was going to lose, and that was what made it hard. So, yeah, it was it was a difficult day to cover. I I, I was really proud of the team. I thought we we got the balance as well as we could have done, um, but it was just strange. You know, local derbies are strange anyway. But when the whole season's work is on the line, yeah, you were you were acutely aware going into the day of what was. What was what was there, and you just wanted to do it justice, and you wanted to give both teams justice. And obviously, because we were there, you know, we, we've not listened, but I know people will often moan and groan and complain, and you know, keyboard worries on Twitter uh, that you know people ring in about Sheffield United more than people ring about Barnsley. I suppose the simple question is to pick up the phone and talk about it. And then, you know, you you've whenever we've any of us wrong, it's it's never been. It's no exam you have to take to make sure that you're a true fan. There's no, you know, right or wrong question. It's about opinions, isn't it? That's what football is all about. Um, which we'll find out now because we're going to talk about the second half. And um, go on then, Steve. Let's start with you first. Um, the, the first half was quite 
scrappy, wasn't it? You know, cancelling each other out, you know, maybe lack a bit of quality. Um, plenty to talk about in the second half then. Um, you want to kick us off? Pick anything you want, Steve. Honestly. Anything at all. Put, this broadcast is not for children. So you just go steady, yeah, because I'm <laughs> downstairs. You know Tell what? You know, we, we can talk about VAR, we can talk about the foul that weren't a foul, we can talk about the penalty that weren't given, whatever you want. But up to Phillips getting sent off, it was starting to get a better game, it was spicing up, there were there were more chances coming. The fact that he got sent off, I think, made us what we were then for following whatever it were, 70 minutes, 65 minutes, whatever it were. Um we played like a group of lads who have great respect for each other, um, love each other. I don't know what you want to call it. It's just a team morale, a team bonding, a team feeling. They played their absolute hearts out. The 10 men probably played better than if we had 11. Because there's no, you know, you can say if we had 11, we'd have won it. Not necessarily. We might have had 11 and lost it because we were rubbish. But then that 10 men that were on that field, he wanted sweat on the shirt. He got sweat, blood, shit, all sorts on that shirt. It were there. <laughs> and you know what? The the fans were brilliant. I, I didn't see any trouble or anything like that. And you know what? 90% at Wednesday fans at same as us. Proper supporters. Yeah. There's always a few that have strange ideas. We know that. Um, but if you were an honest football fan, as a lot of people were watching it on Sky or listening to Radio Sheffield or whatever, was it a sending off? No, it were a yellow card. There's no dispute. Was it a penalty? Well, if it had gone back to VAR and VAR had looked at it properly, we've seen them given all season. He kicked him in air. So that's a penalty. So chances are it were 1-0. Would it have gone to extra time? Who knows? They're all ifs and buts and whatever. At the end of the day, what we've got to remember is them 10 lads played their absolute arts out. And Wednesday fans can say whatever they want that can put on whatever they want on social media, but after three games, there's only one team that's the best team, and that were us. There's no two ways about that. And I'm sorry, there'll be people that disagree, but oh. anybody who watched the three games will know that. And um, Ian, the, the sending off, I've, I've said it before uh, about certain matches that we've had to play. Says, you know, this is a Michael Duff match. That was a Michael Duff moment, wasn't it? Because he didn't hastily, you know, started making substitutions. He had a word. He talked to his group. And that togetherness, what Steve talked about, that's the stamp that Michael Duff has put on this team, isn't it? Well, not just Michael Duff, obviously. There's Matty Patson, there's, there's Matty Devaney as well. But that was the trademark Michael Duff side. They didn't panic. You'd, I dare say the work rate went up a little bit. They covered for each other better. There were high fives. We looked a stronger unit with 10 than maybe we did before with, with 11. Is, would that be fair to say? Absolutely. I think you look and that performance for those, well, all game, but certainly when they went down to 10 men is a culmination of 10, however many months Duff's been in the place. And like Steve said, he said, you'll get sweat on the shirt. 
and it took a few months for them to settle down and, and play to how he wants them to play. But those lads have grown together, come together, uh, the things they've done off the pitch. You can see, you could tell after the Bolton uh, semi-final how together they were, how they celebrated together. There's no, there don't appear to be any clicks in that squad at all. And it was there for all to see, for the whole country to see on uh, on Sky. Um, and that, I think, is the biggest thing I take away. As much as you could sit there and let VAR and the refereeing decisions eat you away and get you bitter and twisted and stuff, you just come out with, like, you just pumped out with pride of, of that performance. And, now, and I felt for the lads because a few of them just absolutely hit the deck and the film was one of them when that goal went in, and you could see how much it meant. And they and and, and like Steve said, the fans picked up on that, mm-hmm. and especially near the end, the, the the noise that was coming from from our end was superb. And Duff was applauding it from the touchline, and it we we just came together as one. And it was just a shame that it didn't get us over the line, but that is a com- culmination of all that hard work over the season that you, you saw. That we just hope and pray that that group can stay together for yeah. next season. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Adam, what, what was it like then on, on commentary? How Did you have replays that you could see? What what did the pundits, you know, the commentators, the summarisers, how did they see the red card incident and the potential penalty for Barnsley? What was the uh, thought from BBC Radio Sheffield? Yeah, we, we'd all got quite... We are all quite lucky. So I know the guys up at the top on com had... We're getting replays. I, I was sat behind the Sky guy. So uh, David Craig, who goes on the pitch and does all the reporting, I was sat directly behind him. So we got that. And obviously the the Sky pundits were all sat behind. So Adam Hamill was sat behind and Clinton Morrison and others. So we were able to see the, the incidents as they're going along. It's so important, isn't it? Because when you're in the stadium, the 74,000, you're not seeing these incidents. No. No. Then it's very difficult to have that second opinion on it. Um, in terms of what I'd seen and the and the two big moments on first look without looking at the TV replays, um, it's difficult to to kind of give either really in a way because there's a coming together in the box. You can't quite tell for the penalty who's kicked to off a first look, and then with the tackle, both Gregory and Phillips have kind of both just gone into it. We have got VAR in, in all the games at the weekend. So immediately you're like, okay, let's let's have a look at these. The for me, in terms of the two incidents, the first one for me is a penalty. So I'm with you on that. I think having also read what Keith Hackett said today on social media and everything else, I think in letter of the law, it's difficult to overturn the red card yeah. because of the reckless nature with the feet off the floor and everything else. We've had callers tonight that have very eloquently put the the arguments for a yellow and it not being, and I think it could not be given and it could be given, I think, once the red card's there. The disappointing thing for me on both is that, as has been pointed out tonight, the referee wasn't asked to go and review at the touchscreen. That's the most difficult thing for me. The referee's word on the field should be final. He's only had one view and essentially it's, VAR, who has made the call on both of those incidents. I think you look at both of those, and to me, that's the outcome that they'd have come to. I I think he'd have struggled not to give a penalty, but also I think he would have stuck with his decision on the red. That's just my opinion on on those. 
And I think for us as fans, you sort of sit there and it's, I said it earlier on, you know, it, it's a long way back when you lose, isn't it? Like, well, Steve were asleep, but me and Ian were talking. It's a long <laughs> way back. Every time. Why? Why me? Why always me? I'm going to get one of them shirts that, what they call him, man? I'll I'll tell why them. always me? Anyway, carry on. Yeah, um, I want to sleep on way back, funnily enough, so it don't matter. But it's, it, you know, it's a long way back. You, you then look on social media and, uh, you know, the, the Sky pundits all say, obviously, Hamill as well about this. Jeff Stelling wasn't backwards in coming forwards. Uh, no. What was the one that, it, it's the, 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 the tweet that I put up in the little video we just played. Um, which one was it, um, Ian? The 72. You know, yeah, the 72. So, so but you know what? It was a football match, and whether people made mistakes or not, we lost in the 120th minute. Heartbreaking. You go home, and then you sort of take stock, don't you? I emailed Kala today to say, you know, I'm sat here at home, absolutely from yesterday, just really, really tired, you know, late home. But then I think about the last show, last season, where we're saying changes have to be made. Like, we can't keep going like this. Mm. People were saying, I, I'm not going no more. I'm not renewing my season tickets. And we said at the beginning of the season, we did a joint show with Joe and the Red All Over Gang, me and Steve did. And I said, I'd take a mid-table position if, if, if the club just becomes Barnsley again and not these two previous people that came in and all sorts of shady dealings, everything. It just felt it wasn't, it, it wasn't what it once was. And I was sat there yesterday... And I'll, I'll be honest, I had tears in my eyes thinking, you know what, I would have loved to have gone up, but maybe in the, in, in the sober light of day, what a blessing that we have the club we've got. You know, we've, 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 I went to the evening with Khaled when he asked about, you know, suggestions, what we can do to sell out and blah, blah, blah. Julian Key and the little groups on Twitter sort of talking. And, and listen, I would have loved to have gone up yesterday, don't get me wrong. But actually, the bigger agenda was that we're enjoying going to Barnsley games again. And, and, and besides the changes behind the scenes, let's just spend five minutes on Michael Duff because that man, um, I can't say single-handedly, but he's made, he made some below-average League One players from last season. He injected them with blood, sweat and tears that they needed and they were top League One players. And you could say some of them could probably play in the Championship. Steve, um, the problem is then you lose... Michael Duff, Anderson, Kitching. You know, there are some players now that might well be of interest to some other teams. Um, let's talk Duff first. My gut instinct is looking at his track record. I don't think Michael Duff will go. I think this is a project that's not finished yet for him. And I think he's been a one-man club before. When I say one-man club, as, as a manager, I think, yeah, I think he'll probably stay. My worry is that shortfall in the budget and looking at some of these players and thinking that's how we could potentially make some of this shortfall up. What's your thoughts going forward? Duff, I think we all agree, needs to stay. What about the players? Is there some that we can maybe spare, that we maybe should cash in on? Or is it a job of the, the, the board to keep every single... 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in, you reds. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Go on and go with the same group again. The loans are going back. Steve yes. is happy because one yes. of them is going back to yes. Norris. <laughs> how, how do you view that? Because that is now, in the sober light of day, that is the next big worry, isn't it, for a club like Barnsley? Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Duff. There's no. I have no words to describe Michael Duff. When I do think about him, my laptop lifts up while I'm laid on bed every single time. I'll go back down again. Um, I do believe, I honestly do believe he will stay. Because he he's might got not stop now when it now. Stop lowering tone. Look at Adam's gone red. Um, you ought to come on more often, Adam. It's a lot funnier. Um, he will stay. Yeah. He's got a job to finish. Wherever he's been, he's shown loyalty to the club that he's been at. Look at Burnley, look at Cheltenham. I think he will I think he will stay. Um player wise, I will be sad to see Bobby Thomas go back to Burnley. I will be even sadder to see Eistead go wherever Eistead goes. Because on his performance yesterday, they'll be queuing up in championship to sign him, which is such a shame for us. Um, I think you look at saleable assets that we've actually got. Obviously, Styles comes into this. Whether we sell him or whether he comes back into, who knows what 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 Duff will decide to do with him. Um, like like you said, the other loan players will go back. Some <laughs> won't be missed at all. Some should have gone back in December. Um, who shall not be named. Um, uh, but I think the ones you've got to really try and hold on to for me, or the one you've got to really try and hold on to for me, is Mads Anderson, because he he bonds that team together. He's the glue in that team, because he has come on so far from that lad who first played and got booed and ridiculed to the player he is now. He was at the side of Eistead yesterday, the best player on that field yesterday. But, but nobody can dispute that. No Wednesday fans can come on and dispute that at all. He won everything. He cajoled his team. He got them going. He calmed them down. He built them up. He was amazing. And for me, the board should be looking at Anderson and tying him down to at least another couple of years. Because then if he does go, which you know, chances are he will at least next season anyway, we get a proper price for him and not just, you know, tuppence at me like we normally do for signings. 
difficult, Ian, isn't it, for the board? Because it, they need to keep the club afloat. You know, we've never been a club that gambles on success or tries and buy success because ultimately we know that doesn't work. So we don't want to fire sale because we want to keep the fans on side as well. But we also need to know it's a business that will probably need some money putting in to, you know, to try and come back stronger again next season. Um, that's a really difficult position for Khaled, for Julian Key, for Gene Krein and everybody else, isn't it? Because where is that balance, do you reckon? Is there, is there, can both parties be, be sort of pleased? Is, is there a middle way where both the board and the fans say, oh, that's been the right way to do it? Because ultimately, whichever player you sell, fans are going to say we need him next season. So are they in a sort of no-win situation? Yeah, you don't want to boom and bust club like a lot of clubs have gone. Um, but you don't want this rinse and repeat that we've had over the years, certainly under Conway, where they sell off the crown jewels for pittance and you're starting again with a clean sheet every season. You want a more medium and long-term strategy. And that might mean pushing the boat out and keeping Duff keeping Anderson, people like that. We want to be a stable championship club somewhere, mid-table, top, you know, at least to, to sort of steady the ship. You can't keep trying to build something and then pulling the rug from under everybody's feet 12 months later and then yeah. bringing in another man and starting again who, who has their own ideas and has, wants other players. Mm. I just wonder what this Khalid's big speech about is uh, this big news coming. Now, is that a new investor? We've, that's gone quiet. Um, and I think, like Steve said earlier, you look at you look at where we were twelve months ago, and it's a different it's a different place. So they do deserve the board a great deal of praise for what they've done, mm. and they've they've had two good transfer windows. Um, and I still think some players who've been signed within those windows have got a lot to prove. Russell uh, McCarthy was un unfortunate with the injury, and Kundi they may end up being first teamers this season if if they can step up um but we've got to stop suddenly building something with one man and then he's gone 12 months later the first sniff of some cash they've got to try and you're not going to keep everybody we're realistic but we've got to try and keep the nucleus of this side because i think we all know we didn't really start until october late october early november and i'm sure come august we'll hit the ground running and be right up there next season if we can keep this. They've got to be brave and, and try and keep this nucleus of this side together. And and hoping there were promotion clauses in the sale of Walton and Morris, of course, with Luton having got up, yeah. but without it. Um, Adam, um, back, back to that match and sort of like the aftermath, uh, saw some of the interviews. I mean, Barnsley fans, I, I, I dare say that in, by and large, we all know that Darren Moore is um, a, a fantastic man who got a lot, a lot of flack that maybe, well, not maybe, that he should never have, ever have to put up with. And he's gone through the mill a bit as, as, as a manager off, off, off Sheffield Wednesday. And obviously, Barnsley fans with Duff, probably slightly different, because it always feels that the other fans from the other clubs, when they win, they want the statue. And when they lose two on the trot, they want them sacking. But then they bring him back because he wins again. Um, in some of the interviews, some really nice words from uh, Darren Moore in particular about Barnsley and um, about Michael Duff? Because you've spoken to Michael Duff quite a few times. You've spoken to Darren Moore. There is a huge amount of respect between them and for each other, isn't there? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was a kind of hallmark before the game. It was a hallmark after it. Michael had talked that Darren had been very, you know, magnanimous after the two defeats during the league campaign and held his hand up and all that kind of stuff, which was was great to hear as well. Don't get me wrong, in, in Michael Duff yesterday and and Khalid as well, because I spoke to both of them after the game, there was there was a lot of anger, I think it's fair to be said, about the decisions and, and how things had gone and just the the, the feeling of injustice probably and how the game had gone and because Barnsley had been so good like you guys have said from the moment they went down to 10 men Barnsley were excellent and they were the better team and you couldn't tell that there was a, a player difference and the, the way the crowd reacted showed that reconnection between the, the, the fans and the club and you could see all of that um, Darren Moore deserves huge credit for what he's done at Sheffield Wednesday. You're right, week to week, depending on the results, he was either getting sacked or he was the best thing to him, and it just flip-flops. And he's such a lovely, humble guy. Um, did an interview with Adam Hamill last week, who talked about the influence that Darren Moore had had when they both played at, at Oakwell and like just the, the quiet but assuring kind of words of wisdom that he'd given to him. So I, I wish, I, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of Barnsley fans hold too much ill will against Darren and um, Wednesday finishing 10 points above. Yeah, Steve's absolutely right. Over the three games, Barnsley were the better team in, in all of them, I'd argue. I got pillared on the show tonight by a couple for saying that Barnsley were overall kind of deserved it yesterday. I, I thought they did from when they went down to 10. But over the season, Wednesday finished 10 points above, yeah. set all kinds of records. You can't begrudge them going up. Um, so good luck to Wednesday in the Championship because with Leeds going down, Rotherham there, Huddersfield, that, there's kind of some nice stuff for us locally. Just in terms of kind of like the summer, I'm the same as you guys. I think if Barnsley can keep Duff and this group of players together, Barnsley will be one of the favourites for promotion from League One next season because it doesn't look as as difficult next year. You lost a couple of big hitters in Wednesday and Ipswich who've gone up and the teams coming down, you, you don't necessarily see them in the same way. It's I just look at the way Barnsley's operated as a football club over this last however many years and how football operates. And I suspect that Barnsley could try and be brave and, and try and keep everyone. And we'd, it'd be great to see them do that and to hold firm. But I just think football doesn't necessarily work that way. And if we had this discussion on the show tonight, if, if an offer comes in, hopefully from a bigger and better club, there's Huddersfield being talked about with Michael Duff. I don't want to see Michael Duff go to Huddersfield. They might be in a higher division, but that's that's not that's not a step. If, if somebody top end of the championship comes in for Michael Duff, then it's, he's going to go. And I get all the loyalty stuff. And he has built his career, both as a player and a manager, on being Cheltenham and Burnley. And I'm sure that he would love to finish the job at Barnsley. And it won't be in, in any ill will, but if somebody comes in, triples your pay, as we saw with Valerian Ishmael after the last playoff campaign finished, you know, wanted to keep him, wanted to keep that team together. Didn't happen. Yeah. And if you're asking me who's a betting man, what are we going to start at the start of next season? Would I be surprised if there's no Duff and three or four of the main players? No, I wouldn't. Is that what I want? No. <laughs> I like Michael Duff. He's a great guy. I like the players. But can I see them going this summer? Yeah, I really hope not. Yeah. But can I see? Yeah. And you just hope that, Give Rob said tonight on the show, give Michael Duff, get him in, in the office now, give him a bit, whatever money's in the back cupboard, 
give him that. If he wants a bit more control over recruitment, give him that. Yeah, you know, yeah. give him what, keep him at the club because that guy's going places, hopefully with Barnsley and likewise with the players. Mads, from the, the discussions he's talked to us about in what he had a big sit down with Michael Duff at the start of last season because clearly the other stars, Woodrow and Morris and others, did get their moves. He didn't and he's knuckled down. He's been brilliant. I suspect that he may well have said, look, if you don't go up this year, you can have your move next summer. So you're, you're right. There are players there that need to step up and it's a big summer. But Barnsley plan for this. If a chief exec leaves, there's normally a list of people. If a, if a head coach leaves, there's normally a list of people. If a player leaves, there's normally there's, there's normally a progression in there and that's what Barnsley have done well. But let's all keep those fingers crossed that this, this group can stay together because this season, in, in terms of last year to this year, man alive. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different football club. Yeah. Let's just hope that list that they do have, if Duff goes, is not the same list that they had beginning of last season. Yeah. With them two clowns that they brought in, want a different list. Yeah. Whoever writes list needs sacking. That's what they want. <laughs> and a new list writer. That's what I say. But you have to wonder as well, obviously the local angle of Martin Devaney being assistant, if Duff was to go as Martin, a year being assistant you know, head coach, is he maybe ready to make whatever happens? Um, I, want to, I, just, I just, I just felt with that. Sorry, I, I just felt with that interview with Khaled, having watched it, and I know he was disappointed with losing. I couldn't help but sense from his body language that he was like almost like duffs out the door. I don't know, is it is it just me? But I just sensed his body language and and his reaction. He wasn't fully convincing me that. I, is it I, I think he was really. I think he was really fed up. I asked on Twitter today. To, to sum up the season in five words, and believe it or not, um, Julian Key, um, I'm going to find it, Julian back, and it was something like, EFL, you need to be better, or something like that. And I think the, the injustice part we talked about, I think for Khaled, knowing what financially it would mean to the club, all the hard work that's been you know, put into the club and everything else, I, I think it maybe that was... Well, because he looked. I'll give you a bit of insight, Carlo, on that because clearly, obviously, I interviewed Khalid yesterday, and we had a, a couple of minutes chatting before we turned the microphone on, and he was raging. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say about how the game had gone and uh, how they felt, and you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but yeah, they weren't happy with the decisions, and it kind of felt from their perspective and, and a lot of people that it, the football gods just weren't with Barnsley. I, I do think, like Ian, though, in his answer when I asked him about Michael Duff and the difficulty in trying to keep him after such a, an amazing season, that he he edged his, he edged his bets with it. You know, it was kind of a, we'd love to keep him, but we know that there's going to be interest. And then when I asked him about the players, it was if I was a, a championship, um, a team in the championship right now, I'd be looking at all 11 of our players. And you just kind of see from those answers that... They'd love to keep it together, but I think that the the presiding feeling that I get is that they're trying to manage expectations. That the chances of that is going to be difficult. It will. Um, right. Uh, last thing then. So I asked for um, Ian and Steve start thinking. I asked uh, followers on Twitter <laughs> to um, sum the season up in five words. So uh, Julian Kipu, EFL needs to be better. Uh, Darren Senior put VAR not fit for purpose. Somebody else put no VAR in the EFL. So they didn't really sum up... That. Well, no, Julian Keaton, the rest just summed 123 minutes up. Um, then the other one, what is the EFL actual agenda? 
Um, shit refs or something deeper. Officials destroyed my preseason bet, which I quite like from Nick Jeffrey. And uh, we only got one penalty. That's another one. Uh, yeah, 127 penalties in League One last season, and we got one. Now I'm no mathematician, but if you look, if you look then at the average, yeah, and yeah. missed it, yeah. and missed. Come on, and missed it. But if you look, rebounds, I was there. If you look at the 24 clubs, <laughs> that's an average of about five penalties per per club per season. We've got one, so you have to say things aren't being missed. But that's all been, you know, we've talked about this, and we're not going to go back into this again. Um, Steve, five words. The past season. This is your swan song. Sing it, rap it, yeah. whatever you want to do. But do it now, but stay blessed. Duff is my wet dream. <laughs> uh, this episode's definitely not for kids now. Okay, Duff is my wet dream. Some might say get an umbrella. Anyway, uh, Ian... Ian, how can, I, how can how can I follow that? <laughs> well, listen, whatever it is, I will clap for you. Whatever it is. <laughs> well, originally, my, my, originally, I mean, very boring compared to what Steve's just come up with. But I was going to say uh, something along the lines of we never got the ref's decisions or something like that, which is true because that's why Khalid was so probably peed off yeah. because we never got ref's decisions. Ish, <laughs> but what you, oh, you, can have, you can have it. You can have well, it. I think, I think to be to to end on a positive note, I would say we're getting our club back. That's how it feels, anyway. Yeah, I I put for mine. <laughs> keep Duff, keep making me proud. Okay. Well, that's six. Yeah, I'm I know but you have six, and I can't. You have six, and me not have six. So don't start. I didn't now. have six. Duff is my wet dream. Five. <laughs> I'm not even Adam. You've got to be adjudicator on this, mate. I'm hoping you can count better than some people on here. Well, I, you know, the, I'll, I'll throw in a little anecdote. There was some um, some some signs that were put up around Wembley from a Wednesday fan for Barnsley fans uh, with some horse, horses and carts and other kind of derogatory things that were put on there. And there was a six-fingered glove on there. That was well. me. This, this, isn't, this isn't helping that stereotype. This, this really isn't helping. I'll, I'll say that for one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but on that, I, I, Ian, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. My five words were going to be, you've got your club back. Um, is kind of how this season feels with Barnsley. There's win, lose or draw yesterday. The, the amount of pride I've seen from fans and how the team played and everything else. And, for, for a second, let's forget about what might happen this summer and how that, whatever else. I mean, there's, I, I genuinely am staggered as to the feel around Barnsley now compared to how it felt at this time last year. Oh, God, big, yeah. yeah. Big, bold decisions off the field at the start with changes at boardroom level, a change in approach in terms of a, a, a local, well, a, a home nations manager coming in, some good transfer windows, some you know, good loan signings. Some obviously, there's always notable exceptions, um, but just a completely different feel, and that's why you kind of feel, come on, get this yeah. summer right, and let's hope it keeps moving in the right direction. Correct, correct. Um, the Red Report uh, just finished its ninth year, and you know we don't do it for clicks, we don't do it for likes. We've always said we wanted something that was a bit like 
Top Gear for Barnsley fans, where it can be relaxed. <laughs> and, and Talking yes. of Top Gear, that coach driver yesterday coming back up A1, bleeding hell, there were, there were pop sandwiches all over the floor. It were flying everywhere. You go to that uh, toilet, I come out, got to say, weren't covered in piss, so we were all right. <laughs> but, wow, he did have throw us about coming home. You know, oh. I write a speech, right? And I get two sentences in. and Sorry. Five seconds. No, listen, it's fine. Listen, I, I just want to... First of all, um, Adam, and I know you've had probably one of the busiest couple of days that you've had. And obviously, you were on air again So uh, tonight and Dan straight to us. So we truly, truly appreciate you taking yeah. the time out to join us three. I mean, yeah. Ian... Um, you started sort of midway throughout, the, not well, last season, wasn't it? Not the season just gone, but the season before, wasn't it? Because you came on as a guest, and then you sort of never left. You sort of when, when the transfer season <laughs> came, right? and under the Bosman ruling, you were available on a free. He's like a tick, <laughs> but is his way in now. Can't get shut. Oh yeah, only I'm joking here. I've got squatters' rights here now. I mean, I mean, don't get rid of me. <laughs> but you know what? Next season, uh, we're, we're going to do it all again. All the vlogs, all the podcasts, everything we do is on www.redsupport.co.uk. Uh, we'll be quiet now for a few weeks. Um, that includes me. That includes the funny one. Because we've got one fan that says Steve is the funny one. Um, Hi, Andy. You all right, mate? Andy Clark, top lad. Top lad. Other side, Adam. That's it, mate. That's it. You've got it now. Other side. Oh, for God's sake. Leave it. Leave it now. Listen, um, Ian, Steve, um, Ian said at the beginning, to have a day at Wembley with my lad um, is, 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 is making memories. I always say that's what life is about, isn't it, with your kids? It's, it's about making memories. Forget the yeah. result. Forget the decisions. I think the memories were made were even better yesterday because you were all part of that as well. Yeah. So let's try and catch up over the summer holidays. Let's find somewhere between in the middle between Bolton and Barnsley, which I reckon might be Silkston or somewhere. Um, and, you know, let's go and have something to eat. <laughs> that means and, I'm driving again then, does it? <laughs> yeah. Brexit yeah. is Brexit. Yeah. I don't know left from right. But you've been listening to the Reds Report of the 2022-2023 season, sponsored by Barnsley Sport and part of the talk sport network of fans. Well done. Yeah, I got it out there in the last time. Um, Adam, once again, thank you very much. Um, let's uh, let's get together again. Let's say late August and see, is Duff still here? Have Barnsley got a chance to go up automatically? Keep an eye out over the summer and we'll be back in a couple of months. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The Talk Sport Fan Network.
Talksport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the Talksport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search Talksport Fan Network.